What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everyone. John Smoltz. If you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Another great guest lined up for you. Peter Fagan, the president of the NBA's Milwaukee Bucks. He's joined us here before. He is going to tell us how the acquisition of NBA superstar and global brand Damian Lillard has impacted the business of the Bucks. How the upcoming NBA media rights deal will impact small market teams like the Bucks. How the Bucks continue to be a global brand from the NBA's third smallest market. How the Bucks are evolving as a content company and a real estate development company. They're continuing to develop the Deer District around the arena that they play in. And Peter shares his thoughts on the inaugural NBA in-season tournament and the new business opportunities that the tournament will present to the Bucks and the NBA. I'm joined as always by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing great. And uh, yeah, Peter is just another wealth of knowledge. And, you know, I love, like you mentioned in that little intro, how Milwaukee is, you know, third smallest market, but you wouldn't know it. I mean, they have such a great branding. They have the Deer District, which is awesome. They're just a watchable team. They they know how to run an organization, and I think it's uh, it's fun to watch them. And Peter has some great insight on all these all things NBA in the new season coming up. Yeah, I mean you've got two top seventy five players of all time that are on the Milwaukee Bucks now. And as we discuss in this conversation, um, when you acquire or draft a Giannis or you acquire a Damian Lillard, it's like you're merging a corporation with yours. You know, yeah. Damian Lillard has Adidas and. Uh, T-Saw watches and Spalding and all of these Gatorade, huge companies. And those are opportunities for the Bucks to acquire new sponsors and for those companies to activate 
their partnership with Damian Lillard at Bucks Games on Bucks Broadcast. One of the things I really thought was interesting in this interview, though, you know, I said about two years ago, I think the NBA is going to eventually do away with local broadcasts, radio and TV, much like Major League Soccer has done with their deal with Apple, much like the, M- the NFL has done for years, right? Like when you turn on the NFL, you're not watching a local broadcast. You're watching Fox or NBC or CBS or ESPN. I think in the new media rights deal, if you read the tea leaves of this interview, that's where we're headed for the NBA. There's going to be the linear TV component, but it's all going to be national. And then there's going to be the streaming element. And whether that's Amazon or Apple or another one of the streaming services, but I think the local broadcasts are going to go away. And if you're anywhere in the world, because the Bucks are a global brand because of Giannis, you can on your tablet or mobile device, you can stream Milwaukee Bucks basketball. I think that's where we're headed with this. Um, The other thing I thought was really interesting is the new business opportunities that the new NBA in-season tournament are going to present for the Bucks and for other teams. We're going to see special uniforms. We're going to see a different looking basketball court. Peter gives us some really good insight as to what that tournament's going to look like. Because this is brand new. This has never happened in the NBA before. Yeah, I think you asked him a good question during that interview about that tournament. Like, is this something that we can sell? Is it new sponsorships available? Are they changing stuff around? And he answers that. So I think uh, that's some good insight. And I agree with the streaming thing. I mean, it's clearly heading that way. We've seen it with so many other, like you mentioned, NFL and other things. So I agree. I think the locals are going to go bye-bye. And, you know, they even kind of sampled that during COVID where they weren't doing all the broadcasts. They weren't sending announcers with the teams. They weren't doing things like that. So you know they were kind of in the works with that anyways, and I think we're going to see it happen. All right. Some top storylines that I'm looking forward to this year in the NBA before we get to our interview with Peter because the NBA season starts this week, and obviously the Nuggets are the defending champions. So let's start with that. You know, Joker is a transcending player. He and Giannis are the two best players in the NBA. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. We've never seen Joker as defending champion before in Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets. What's that going to look like? Are they going to be able to play with the same intensity and fire that they played with last year when they were chasing their first ring? It's always harder to defend a title than it is to get the first one, I think. Because now you've got a target on your back and everyone is coming after you. So how are the Nuggets going to be this year? Obviously, very interested to see Giannis and Dame play in Milwaukee, right? Like we're going to talk about that a lot in this interview and how that trade came together. But, you know, when you think about the two most unstoppable duos and pick and roll combinations in the NBA, it's Joker and Jamal Murray. And now it's Giannis and Dame. Like, I don't know how people are going to stop that combo. The one player who I'm looking forward to watching more than anyone in the NBA and maybe in sports is Wembenyama in San Antonio. I mean, this guy is doing things that we've never seen someone his size do. And every time we watch him in a game, he's, you know, blocking people from eight feet away and he's dunking and waiting for people to try and stop him. He's crossing people over like Steph Curry and doing step back three pointers. I mean, this guy seems to have every element of the game that you would want. 
He is a game-changing player. And, you know, I think if Pop lets him loose in San Antonio, I think he could be a lot better, a lot faster than people think. And I'm going to go out on a limb right now, and I'm going to say not only is Victor Wembanyama going to win Rookie of the Year, I think he's top five in MVP voting. I think he's going to have that much of an impact this year. We're not going to have to wait for next year, the year after. What's this kid going to become? I think he plays with a fire. And I think the Spurs are going to compete for a playoff spot. This isn't going to be a let's bring him along slowly and let's limit his minutes. And, you know, I think he's going to want to be out there. And I think this guy is going to be just a game changer. Um, can the Warriors make one more title run with their core three? So Clay Thompson is a free agent at the end of this upcoming season. Is this the last run with Steph and Clay and Draymond? I think they've got one more run in them. Um, I think they have that fire inside of them. So they're going to be interesting to watch. What do the Celtics look like with their new big four? So Tatum and Brown add Drew Holiday and Porzingis. Can Porzingis stay healthy? Drew Holiday is solid. Um, what are the Celtics going to look like? And then this NBA in-season in tournament for the first time. What's that going to look like? You know, it's something new. It's something the league is trying. As we'll talk with Peter, he'll give us more details. But uh, that's going to be new for the first time. And then Griggs, I'm going to give you my finals prediction, and then I'll ask for yours. Yep. But I'm going to go Milwaukee. In the East, Dame and Giannis against Denver in the West. I think Denver gets back there. I think Joker and Murray. So these two incredible pick and roll combinations, two man games, I think they lead their teams to the finals. And, you know, again, I think for most people, Giannis and Joker are the two best players in the NBA. So to be able to see them match up in a seven-game NBA Finals would be incredible. They're not big market teams, but they are the two best players in the NBA, and I think there'd be a lot of interest in that series. I would totally agree, and you actually picked what I was going to pick. So just for kicks and giggles, I'll come up with a secondary choice, and I am going to go with uh, one last run Golden State Warriors versus the new-look Celtics. So we'll go, we'll go with the classic okay. Warriors okay. Celtics. So uh, a rematch. From, a rematch, yeah. Yeah, two years ago. But I agree with what you were saying about San Antonio. I mean, uh, it's fun to have them relevant again. I mean, how long has it been since San Antonio has been on anybody's radar? So I think that's fun. And uh, he, he beat Steph in a jump ball. So you got to give him credit there. That was probably a tough one, but he did it. <laughs> I mean, what is he, 7-4? I, I so. love the picture after that game that he took with Chris Paul. And Chris Paul is standing on his tippy toes <laughs> yeah. to try and be a little bit taller. And he's still like a full foot shorter exactly. than Wembenyama. But yeah, he he he's an alien. Yeah, I is. mean, I've never seen anyone play the way he plays. So um, when you see something that you've never seen before, and we watch a lot of sports, yeah, it's it's really incredible to watch. So I think he's he's going to be better sooner than people think, and I think he's going to have an immediate impact. But I'm excited to present this conversation with Peter Fagan, the president of the Milwaukee Bucks, just one of the best organizations, not only in the NBA, but in all of sports. And Peter is one of the top presidents that you'll find at any team. And, you know, again, for anyone out there, if you think that 
people are just running basketball teams. These are global organizations now. And you'll hear Peter talk about that. And you'll hear, you know, we're a content company. We're a real estate development company. They've got prime land in downtown Milwaukee that they're developing restaurants and living quarters and, uh, you know, just so many areas around where you go and watch Bucks basketball. And that's how it is now, whether you're the Atlanta Braves or the Milwaukee Bucks or the Lakers or the Clippers, like you're developing the area around your arena. And Peter has done such a fantastic job with that. And I just love, uh, you know, he gives us a little behind the scenes of the art of how this Damian Lillard deal came together. Um, and, you know, again, in this day and age, when you can keep anything secret, yeah. like we didn't know. We Everyone thought, oh, he's going to Miami. And then you've always gone to Milwaukee. Like, I love when people can keep things under wraps and then pull off a deal like this. And, you know, it's just a great deal for the Bucks on the court and off the court. So um, that's going to be fun. Griggs, we are headed to New York. We are going to be doing the Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Morgan Stanley. We will be at Sports Business Journal's Game Changers event, talking to many of the top women sports executives. Um, and we'll bring those conversations to our listeners next week on Sports Business Radio. Yes, yeah, sounds good. New York's always fun. We uh, have a good time. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the event. Sounds like a fun one. I've never been to it, so I'm looking forward to uh, meeting some new people and getting some good insight from Morgan Stanley crew. All right, coming up next, Peter Fagan, the president of the Milwaukee Bucks. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. 5G is here. Is your stadium ready? From an immersive fan experience to efficient game day operations, 5G is transforming sports and entertainment. If you're ready to jumpstart your 5G transformation, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is one of the largest operators of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They provide stadiums and arenas with state-of-the-art 5G networks and support teams across the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and NCAA. I'm constantly interacting with sports executives, and the reason they love working with Boingo is because Boingo manages 5G and Wi-Fi networks end-to-end, offloading very stretched IT teams. Whether your stadium is looking to support mobile ticketing, cashless payment, or connected operations, Boingo has you covered. But don't just take it from me. Their customers include world-class venues like Soldier Field, State Farm Arena, Petco Park, and University of Louisville. Boingo in 5G. Now that's what I call a win-win. For a limited time, Boingo has a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. They're offering a free 5G assessment for your stadium or arena. To get started, simply email sbradio at boingo.com and mention this podcast. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Peter Fagan. He is the president of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's joined us on Sports Business Radio before. The Bucks are entering year 56 of existence. They've been one of the busiest teams in the NBA on and off the basketball court. Peter, thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. How are you? Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having us. 
Okay, so I'm based in Portland, and some of the big news of the NBA offseason is that the Bucks acquired a top 75 player of all time, Damian Lillard. You've already got Giannis. And what we talk about on the show a lot is when you're acquiring someone like a Giannis or a Damian Lillard, you're not just getting the player, you're inheriting like a corporation. They've got their own sponsors. They've got their own brand. You guys have done a really great job of integrating Dame into the Bucks organization already. How does he change the business of the Bucks? You know, you've kind of mentioned it. He's an anomaly with maybe 10 NBA players that actually move the needle, you know, on every, on every, on every lever. So, you know, here comes a, here comes a person you make, you know, kind of what I would say a generational trade, like a big deal for a franchise player. When we have an existing franchise player, of course, you know, with, with like a great um, awareness. Yeah. This is someone who, you know, late in the fall, helped sell a couple thousand ticket packages like overnight. Huh. Someone who increases like the traffic 500% on bucks.com. Somebody that brings in the Beats and the Adidas, like you said, on the sponsorship side that wants to put capital behind him, sells three to 5,000 jerseys, you know, in a, it just doesn't happen. So it's one of these incredible moments in time where as a franchise, you can really leverage like the asset of a player in so many different modes um, that, that, that it's like really exciting. It's like an injection of, of, of like n- not just new blood, but new opportunity. Do you go and have conversations or someone on your staff with Dame's sponsors? I mean, he's got Adidas, he's got Spalding, uh, Tiso watches. I mean, you know, Dame time is a, is a thing in the NBA. I've talked to other uh, presidents of teams, and when they've got one of these players, they're working hand-in-hand with the player sponsors oftentimes. Yeah, I mean, I would say the interesting time is when something like this happens, all of a sudden you go into hyperdrive. And there's hyperdrives in pro sports operationally. Hey, you make the playoffs. Hey, you have like a big opportunity for a milestone game. But for us, overnight, we had this opportunity, this incredible opportunity to rethink not just present time, but the future of our business. You know, because here's a person that we have signed to a long-term, you know, contract who can think about the next two to three years, can think about the way we sell premium, can think about the way we we look at it. So in sponsorships, like immediately, like we were connected like through his agent and through his direct sponsors on talking about like where the opportunities are. Like, and when I say immediately, I mean within like four hours of the announcement. Yeah, it was incredible to see how fast you got Damian Lillard merchandise to market. I mean, a lot of times things like this happen and it takes weeks or even months for the team to activate around the exciting acquisition. You guys were on top of this right away. I was so impressed. Yeah, I mean, you've got to think it it really is kind of this local revenue opportunity of, of thinking about how do you do it? I mean, that was like in 48 hours, how do we create a rally with 5,000 fans and the excitement around it, you know, on a, on a, on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, fun, incredible things that are really like really capturing like a once in a lifetime, like prospect on a pro team. These trades just don't happen. And they certainly don't happen for top 10 players. Yeah. The other thing about Dame too, that, that I know really well, and he's been on this show is, you know, he was the NBA's Jay Walter Kennedy citizenship award winner a few years ago. This guy is incredible in the community. So 
you know, most teams like yours, they want their players to be involved in the community and to see the depths that he gets involved in the community is really impressive. Yeah. And I would say he replaced, you know, someone so dear to our heart, probably uh, Drew Holiday and his wife, Lauren, were kind of the, the, the example, you know, in my professional and personal life of like commitment to community mm-hmm. and citizenship. And, you know, where you're able to replace him with someone as deep a commitment to like affect change and be involved and invest like in the community. It, it's, it, you know, I, I'd say we, we really are lucky. Okay. One more question on this. So I see, you know, everyone's been trying to name the, the Giannis Dame duo and I see freak time is kind of the, the mantra. I mean, you've got maybe the best duo of player is in the NBA here. How do you market around that? So I think like what we, it's a great question. I think Dustin Godsey, who's our CMO and we're kind of playing with that now with social media and now with retail and stuff. I think we're going to throw a couple of these up against the wall and see what sticks on, on freak time and stuff. We'll see what sells the most kind of in on the retail side and we'll see what gets the most reaction, you know, on a trend side before we stick to a, uh, a new moniker. Yeah, that's great. All right. Since the last time we spoke, you've had some changes in Bucks ownership. Mark Lazary, who, you know, I'm a big fan of, um, did a great job with the Bucks. He sold his interest in the team. And now you've got Jimmy and D Haslam as part of your ownership group. Um, they've obviously got interest in the Cleveland Browns. How has that transition gone? Like seamlessly and incredible. And I think like they both, you know, ownership has kind of as a baseline always given us the resources to flourish on and off the court. So if you want to think about how does an organization, you know, really function well, think about growth, win championships on the court and off the court, it all starts with ownership and what their philosophy is on on capitalizing a company, on on free agency, on luxury tax. And 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 Jimmy and and Wes and Jamie Dynan, you know, the three primary owners kind of are very aligned on the fact that we are we are a small market. We're not going to act like a small market. We are going to kind of like test the limits and raise the bar on the court and off the court on everything we do. So Jimmy and D like fit right into that. Like they are about best of class. They're about the customer experience from their experience with Pilot J and kind of like their careers in a big way. And they add this incredible wealth of knowledge and experience on the NFL side, on the MLS side with the Columbus crew and, and Bill Haslam, their brother owns the, uh, is, is going to take over the, the governing share of the predators, you know, on the NHL side. So, you know, for an operator like myself, we all of a sudden kind of, and with, with, with Wes Eaton's owning part of owning half of Aston Villa, you now have this group in, in professional sports that literally, if you can't leverage best practices and trends and interesting things, that's kind of a, a, an interesting thing that the Haslam's have added to the pie that we didn't necessarily have prior. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, one of the things that you just mentioned, it's a part of every championship organization's DNA is the alignment. You know, you just talked about the owners being aligned. Last time you were on with me, you talked about you and your counterpart on the basketball ops and John Horst being aligned. It just seems like you have such great alignment throughout your organization. Yeah. And I go back to whether you're a basketball team or you're a communications company or, <laughs> you know, you're a software company, 
you know, this is not brain surgery. You know, how do you create lines of communication? How do you share goals and objectives? How do you collaborate? And, you know, John and I have had a great advantage of growing up together, you know, over the last nine or 10 seasons, you know, and, and kind of evolving and becoming even stronger partners. But, you know, our owners have made it really clear, like, hey, we've hired you guys to, to operate and run, you know, this business uh, in a big way. And, and, you know, we think obviously it's one big responsibility and how do we work together to, to get those things done? Yeah, it, it's really uh, interesting how you guys have done all of that. I want to ask you um, a little bit about some general NBA business questions. So, sure. you know, the NBA has its media rights deal coming up and, you know, there's reports out the league is seeking $75 billion for its rights deal. I mean, the great thing about the NBA is the media rights continue to soar. The franchise values continue to soar. It's all trending in the right direction. Um, I guess one is how does that all affect you guys? And then, you know, two, you see on the local TV level with the RSNs and I know Valley Sports Wisconsin, I think, covers your games. There's a lot of uh, movement with the RSNs as well. So like fast forward five years from now, where does this all shake out? I see what's happened with MLS on Apple and, you know, the streaming services are getting more involved. Where do you think this lands? Yeah, I, I think like, listen, this is the inflection point. Make no doubt about it. Like RSNs will like not continue to exist the way they have. That is mm -hmm. for sure. And uh, and it gives this unbelievable opportunity to think about consolidating streaming rights and, and, and direct-to-consumer rights. It also gives us this unbelievable opportunity to rethink locally, whether you want to go over the air, you know, whether you want to stand up your own stations. I mean, it'd be very interesting what happens across the landscape of today, NBA and some NHL teams and Major League Baseball teams with what's happened to Diamond um, and, and what's going to happen. And it'll happen now, like in the next six to 12 months, which is very like interesting. And then I'd say in the future, you know, Adam has always had very big vision, you know, and thinking and, and, you know, it is no secret that it, whether it's in the NFL or the NBA, the media rights, you know, is the lion's share of kind of where revenue goes in. So, I see it as a small market, you know, one of the three smallest markets in the NBA, a distinct advantage, you know, to have access to more capital and have your values go up and be able to compete. You know, if I was going to complain about one thing, there is a disadvantage to being in a small market, like whether it's your pipeline of customers, whether it's your ability to price, whether it's your media audience and your valuations, you know, there's very big differences between a local media deal, you know, that is literally worth one-fifth, you know, of what some of the larger market deals are in the market. So I see this as this, maybe in the short term, a little cloudy, you know, kind of tough to navigate. But, you know, in the next two years, three years of like how we rethink league media and direct-to-consumer, it's going to be a big, awesome opportunity. I mean, you look at the NFL and on TV, there's no local broadcast. It's all national. And I've always felt like, the NBA is going to get there eventually, right? Like you're going to be able to be anywhere in the world and via streaming or however they're going to do this, you're going to be able to watch the Milwaukee Bucks however you can on, on one of your devices. Yeah, I agree with you because it's going to be access, you know, and it's going to be how do you build the audiences, you know, from hundreds of thousands to millions to tens of millions to, you know, and that's the way you do it. I mean, I'll tell you like an interesting undercurrent, you know, and now that I, I've kind of spent the last week in a few industry meetings, the cross-pollination of 
NFL owners who own NBA teams and different groups is really interesting because now it's not a matter of like, they're all in the same business and they're all kind of thinking at a high level, like, wow, like directionally, this is like what the NFL does. Directionally, this is what the NBA does. It's like an interesting time because there's no separation. Like you've got a group of folks who actually know like how things are run and what's under the hood. And I think that'll help you know, kind of the growth of the leagues because it's best practices. Yeah. Well, and like you said, I mean, it's no secret, the the slow decline of the RSN. So you've got the RSNs declining and then you've got the streaming services, A, offering more money and B, offering wider distribution. Again, anywhere in the world, you can watch a Milwaukee Bucks game. Um, you know, I really look at what Apple has done with MLS and people anywhere in, in the world can watch Messi play. And it's been a game changer for them. Even better. They can mirror their screens to right. larger screens to wherever they are. You know, their nuances of it. That's so awesome, you know, to think about, you know, hey, you've got this, even though it's it, it's got some years on it, but it's really kind of the rebirth of and the exposure of MLS. Yeah. The other innovative thing that's going to happen this year for the first time is the in-season basketball tournament. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, Adam, like you said, has always been a very creative outside the box thinker. Here it is. And, you know, for people not familiar with this, it's not like there's going to be an NCAA type tournament. It's going to be within the season and then there will be a final four. But these games take place as part of your schedule. How do you think that's all going to work? I think it's going to work. Number one, I think we'll figure it out. Like there might be some tweaks, but we're going to go into it like pretty significantly on like how do we create almost like a playoff atmosphere in in the fall and how do we really like, you know, submerge our, our, our fans like into this opportunity to, to have some cross play, you know, in the, in the arena, we think it's like, it'll be interesting and fun to have kind of a playoff and a finals in Vegas to, to get it done. And I think it's year one, right? It's the startup. So how do we get, how do we get player buy-in? How do we get team buy-in? How do we get fan buy-in? That'll be like a fun part of the year of like, Hey, we're going to try this and, we're, and we'll put in a lot of resources to it, to make it, to make it work. So I'm like very bullish. Like, I think this is directionally, we've got to make kind of that November, December basketball kind of interesting and try new things. I think Premier League does an unbelievable job with the way they create excitement, you know, with different sub tournaments and championships. So directionally, I love it. Will you do any kind of special uniform for the team, special merch for the fans as part of this tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think fans should expect everything from in-arena experience to be like a little bit different to the court itself being a little different mm -hmm. to the uniforms. You know, we're, we're going to launch our city edition um, jerseys when, uh, w when we play. So, you know, it, it's all kind of like a fun cascading event-driven, you know, marketing um, play to, to, to really first create awareness, you know, second promote, you know, kind of like the competition side of it and, uh, and, and make this something that continues to snowball. You're listening to sports business radio. We'll be right back after this. Hi, Brian Berger here from sports business radio. Underdog fantasy is the official gaming partner of sports business radio and the fastest growing fantasy app. Underdog is a variety of daily and season long fantasy games that you could play. Best Ball Mania has $15 million in pool prize money, and first place wins $3 million. 
You can play as many entries as you want, and once you draft your team, you sit back and enjoy. No lineup change is needed, and Underdog pulls your best performers and gives you those points. You never have to worry about leaving the wrong player on the bench again. Griggs and I will have our teams drafted for the upcoming NFL season, and this is a great way to enjoy all the upside of fantasy football without having to worry about maintaining your lineup each week. For daily fantasy, I love playing Pick'em, and rivals. With Pick'em, if I get five picks right, I can win 20 times my money. It's a fun way to do over-unders on player stats as well as pit players against each other. We've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. New users get up to $100 matched on their first deposit when they use the code SBR, like Sports Business Radio. SBR is the code to use. So download the app at underdogfantasy.com or in your app store and then enter the promo code SBR to get up to $100 to play with. Also, make sure to listen to my conversation on Sports Business Radio with Underdog Fantasy founder and co-CEO Jeremy Levine. He shares the unique story of how he founded Underdog Fantasy, and he has great insight into the future of daily fantasy and sports betting. Thanks to Underdog Fantasy for being the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. I haven't seen this anywhere, but is the in-season tournament, like, do you have the opportunity to go out and get a sponsor and say, it's the in-season tournament for the Bucks presented by X as part of these games that are being played. Absolutely. You know, think of this as content, you know, on a national level as well as like a local level. And like, how do you really leverage it? So it really is like an opportunity, you know, to think differently, you know, and and, the, and, and not play with our content, you know, traditionally like we have, you know, just kind of trudge through the 82 games. Yeah. What else are the Bucks doing? You know, when you've been on with me before, you've talked about you're in a small market, but you operate like a big market and you operate like a global brand. What else are you doing to operate as a global brand other than acquiring, you know, Damian Lillard? And uh, obviously you've got the in-season basketball tournament, but how do you get people on the other side of the world to notice the Milwaukee Bucks? I think number one, you speak in their language, right? So you localize like what your digital and your social is. Like you kind of understand like the importance of of kind of culture and 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 communication. We get better at that like every year. You want to direct, like engage kind of your fans. You know, we always say, you know, you get half of one percent of your fan base actually gets to see the game like in your arena. We we care, you know, dramatically and the whole world's going to short form content, you know, whether it's highlights or lifestyle or the sneakers or, you know, we're becoming a content company, you know, very, very quickly, you know, which I think maybe we always were, but even more so now, like our future, especially with direct to consumer and streaming and kind of what's happening is all content driven to, to figure out like, how do you really kind of engage the fans and get even smarter, you know, like, and, and cohort your fans. Like we, we've got passive fans, we've got, you know, fans that are, are that 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 are diehard crazies and we've got you know kind of embryonic fans you know and how do we take them through the cycle talk to them differently give them experiences give them access you know whether it's digitally online or you know if they do come to Milwaukee like in a big way and then locally where it's a lot easier we've continued to develop in and around the arena so we've got an ecosystem that has residential and hotels and events like outside and entertainment 
in a big way. We're about to break ground on a Live Nation, you know, smaller venue um, right next door, you know, for for kind of the emerging market of general admission concerts and things like that. So kind of thinking that experience, you know, with the fan always at the center of it. So like how, you know, if we had an overarching goal, it'd really be at 30,000 feet. It's all about, you know, an incredible fan experience. And then everything generates, how do you monetize that? How do you increase it? How do you get to acquire all the data you need to know so you can market to them again and again and again, things like that. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so you just mentioned Deer District. That has really developed, you know, you, like you said, you've got the deal with Live Nation, you've got more concerts. You know, people think of sports organizations as like teams, but now, you know, they're real estate developers, they're content companies. You know, there are a lot more than just that. Um, the whole area around the Deer District, for people who, you know, have never been to Milwaukee, like where does the Deer des- District lie? And, you know, when there's not a Bucks game going on, what else is going on in the Deer District? Yeah, so it's 30 contiguous acres, like in downtown Milwaukee, which, wow. you know, I don't think other cities would ever have the opportunity to kind of like patch together that 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 fabric to make it happen. You know, it is a combination of residential, commercial, hotel, and obviously like the centerpiece of it is the arena. And, you know, the key to the arena is, you know, how do you produce, you know, over 150 events a year of which 41 of them are NBA games, 18 of them are market games, but you want to have 30 to 40 concerts. You want to have, you know, so how do you light this arena up with content? And then the other part about that is like, how do you also think about this as a destination place? You know, how do we do our, how do we do our markets? How do we do our holiday fairs? How do we start and stop the Milwaukee Marathon, you know, from this place? We have this unbelievable opportunity because it physically is a gathering place in a city that has no gathering places. Hmm. So you can literally come, you know, we've got the city's Christmas tree lit, like in our in our plaza, for example, you know, to, to make it, cause there's no real other place that you can aggregate, you know, thousands of people to make that happen. And then, you know, at a much bigger scale, it's, you know, the platform to host the DNC and the RNC, you know, in a, in a big way. So how do you attract, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand people, you know, on an event basis, separate and distinct, you know, from Bucks basketball. Now, are you guys looking for a naming rights partner on Deer District or how does that work? Yeah, I think we we have we have been continuously and and you know we we don't want to you know uh, I guess compromise you know for us like we think it's like a tremendous value it continues to grow like what's the right brand to to kind of integrate so yes and I'd say like in general we are always looking to see what we can sell you know and entitle and 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 kind of build the revenue base. Yeah, that's got. I mean, it's interesting. You've got all this. Uh inventory available and and like you said you you got to be really careful with it is motorola still the jersey pack partner yes okay that's good too and and you know not every nba team sold their jersey pack so i would imagine you guys are one of the teams that are the prime teams because of all of your you know uh exposure on that patch that's probably a great partnership with motorola well, you talk about Giannis and Dame opportunity and you talk about being a championship caliber team. You are going to be on 24 national games and you are going to be on 215 countries broadcast of games, most likely. And that by default makes you like a global target, 
you know, for those types of things. So, you know, the patch for us, you know, became almost a global sale versus like a local national sale. And that opens up a whole new market for teams, you know, for franchises. Yeah. I want to go back to what we talked about earlier, uh, just the alignment in the organization. When you were on before, you know, I told you I used to work for the Blazers and I've seen organizations where uh, basketball and business are like two separate companies. You guys are in great alignment. How often do you talk to John Horst who oversees basketball operations? You mentioned earlier, you guys have kind of grown up together in this NBA business. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people that work in the industry that listen to this show and they'd find it interesting how you've got that alignment with basketball operations. Well, I think number one, the owners have kind of created the opportunity to have that alignment, you know, not to build up walls, not to build up silos, like, hey, these are separate organizations. So number one, like to 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 kind of allow the, you know, it, the 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 infrastructure to be open is pretty important, you know, because you've been in a team. So you know what can happen. You know, this is church and state. Hey, right. I don't want your thing. The other is like the interpersonal like awareness of like trust and communication. We talk every day we find each other as if, if nothing else support for one another like listen part of our jobs are managing you know three owners and 25 you know limited partners and and not many people understand or have our jobs you know to get it but we can have a trust among us and you know a confidentiality and a support system that like hey we go through kind of interesting things that we can't really we don't really share with the world but we can share with each other you know so there's like a personal side of it as well but the business to me is so simple. Like, listen, there's a cause and effect and everything that happens on a team is, is, is spending money. You know, there's a capital allocation. That capital allocation has a dramatic effect on the P&L, has a dramatic effect on, you know, where we are, you know, on a cash flow basis and like where this investment is, you know, in a way. So the way we communicate is John and I usually synthesize with him really putting together the puzzle. Like, I do not play basketball GM, which I think helps him. You know, he knows I like to give my opinion of what he laughs at half the time, but I don't, I don't screw around in basketball. He doesn't really screw around in business, but we really value each other in what we bring. And at the end of it, it's our job to bring this recommendation together um, in a big way, which is competition, skill, talent, long-term, as well as financial. Well, and what a lot of people don't understand, and you mentioned this last time you were on, if you're presenting to Giannis and saying, Giannis, this is why you need to stay in Milwaukee. It's not just a basketball presentation. It's also a business presentation. Giannis, this is how you can grow your global brand. This is what we're going to do for you on the business end. Like I said, he's one of those, you know, 10 players that is a corporation. So that's very important to him too. It's not just a basketball conversation. Yeah, Brian, a lot like Portland. So, so we find ourselves like, Listen, like we want to sell Milwaukee to every prospective employee, every prospective player, every prospective close as the best. What are our resources? How do we do it? I say, if you want to have an objection, I'll give it to you. You can take the weather for a hundred days. You can, you can complain. You can go nuts about the weather. Go ahead. But there will be nothing else like the way we communicate, the way we resource, the way we execute the, you know, those things should be like terrific. And you've got to be aligned to do that. And like, we think that's part of like the competitive advantage, like it's an arms race and you've got to get people to feel comfortable and like you and want to, and this is not widgets. These are people, you know, this is a people business. 
to get it. And people get it. People understand like if your culture is transparent, people understand if you're looking to help them. People understand if you're investing in talent for medical and performance and like everything makes the difference. And if we're united on it, it makes it much easier. If you're not, you're you're by default going to be like discombobulated. Yeah. Last time I had you on, we were just coming out of the pandemic. Um, you know, there were a lot of, you know, we've moved to virtual in a lot of regards, but everyone I have on the show said, hey, this is sports. This is live entertainment. This is not a virtual industry. I mean, you can do things like we're doing right now virtually, but if you're working in sports and entertainment, this is an in-person industry. Have you found that the mentality of workers has changed? Like in a lot of industries, they're like, I want to be hybrid or I want to be full remote. Do you have any kind of a challenge at all getting people to come be in person or is it still one of the most competitive jobs out there to work in sports? Yeah, I'll answer that. That like, you know, what keeps me up at night is talent acquisition or retention. You know, that's like literally like if you ask like what the focus is and like has the environment changed? Absolutely. Like without a question on what expectations are, where people are, you know, people, you know, who your 20, your young 20s to mid 20s, like spent two of their professional years, like working remotely. They're, mm. they're most like fundamental development years, you know, kind of working. And for us, you know, this is a hospitality. This is sports and entertainment. This is hand-to-hand combat. This is like the DNA of like having to be interpersonal. I think there are service, you know, departments like our finance, our legal, our other things. But you know, we've kept we've kept it pretty consistent that this is an in-person, you know, kind of experience. And it's been harder to recruit. I think mm-hmm. we're lucky that we're in the sports entertainment business to to keep the pipeline, but it has changed the way we navigate our human capital in in flexibility and work-life balance and in the ability of like how we resource, which like we've got to stay awfully competitive and and keep our finger on the pulse of that to 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 continue to acquire and retain the best talent. Yeah, it's really interesting. A lot of people that have come on with me have said the same thing. The thing that keeps them up at night is that uh, retention and recruitment of talent. Last question for you, just goals of the company, whether it's, you know, the Bucks or uh, Deer District, you know, for the upcoming season. Yeah, I I think overall, it's how do we continue to reimagine the fan experience, you know, across like the business. So that's the overarching, like, you you can never get great. And that trickles down to, hey, I'd like to double the business revenue in the next five years. You know, I'd like to figure out where our, where media really plays a role in, in, in kind of our growth and, uh, and acquisition of, of people. And then, you know, on the, on the, you know, Milwaukee specific side, how do we continue to develop, you know, and create like a physical plant and an ecosystem that tracks millions of people that kind of fuels the enterprise in like a big way. Those are really kind of like what, what generates like under that. And then kind of all the other, you know, core attributes of innovation and tech and talent and all that kind of build up into it. But, you know, we want a growth company. You know, we want to kind of continue to kind of have our finger on the pulse of where things are going, where opportunities are, take some fun risks. And uh, and and we have this unbelievable ramp of like having two global superstars now to have the have the launch and have the eyeballs and have the fun to do that. So this is like a fun time. 
Always insightful. Peter Fagan, the president of the Milwaukee Bucks. Thanks so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Thanks, Brian. Talent, hard work, focus, and determination got you here. Now take the right steps to prepare for your future and ensure that you stay at the top of your game, your business, your craft. Morgan Stanley Sports and Entertainment is a division of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management dedicated to serving the unique and sophisticated needs of elite and professional athletes, entertainers, executives, creators, and other top talent and professionals in the sports and entertainment industry. They deliver the education, strategies, and expertise you need to help advance your financial game plan at every stage of your career journey. They speak the language. They know your business. Morgan Stanley will work with you to achieve your goals. I've trusted Morgan Stanley with my personal wealth management for almost 20 years. Visit Morgan Stanley at morganstanley.com backslash GSE. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks to the Sports Business Radio team, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and Nicole Wardle. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.